It's time to open the palace doors and Jedi rock. It's time for Creatures of Return of the Jedi. Strap in Anaheim and come take a ride with the best panel at Star Wars Celebration. Featuring live on stage, Blast Voice, Kurt Thatcher, and Tom Spina. They're talking all the weird aliens of Jabba's palace, including Weeba Weeba. You can't beat that deal anywhere. Creatures to Jabba's palace, Sunday, May 29th, 2 p.m. in the Twin Suns room, only at Star Wars Celebration. Sandwich is practically an American institution. It is a basic essential for lunchboxes, parties, and picnics. As far as these boys are concerned, well, hamburgers and hot dogs are their idea of a really good meal. More than 80 creatures lurked in the shadows of Jabba's palace. That's more monsters by far than have ever been assembled for a single movie. They all began to take shape like this, as small models called maquettes. Most of them were sculpted over and over again before they were approved. A team of 15 artists, aided by other craftsmen, worked 13 months, the last six of them on a day and night basis, to translate the maquettes into full-scale clay models of puppets and masks. Painting was painstaking. The creatures had to have that lived-in look. Maybe they were not of this earth, but they had to seem as if they were of some earth somewhere. everywhere welcome to episode number 312 of blast points this is jason and scape and this okay people i know we said we were gonna have tom spina from regal robot back on the show this week but he sent us a message he's so busy he's just exhausted there's so much going on with regal robot and they're getting ready for celebration he, he couldn't make it so we didn't know what to do. We felt bad for everybody. So the only person we could think to take his place would be, and this is a real honor for us, we've got George Lucas on the phone. Yeah. I think he's the only other person we have their phone number. We have Tom Spina's phone number and George Lucas's phone number. That's all that's in our phone. It's unbelievable. What, what an honor. George Lucas, 
I, how are you tonight? Like, we have so many questions. We can't wait to, to ask you. Oh, wait. Oh, my God. This is really embarrassing, George Lucas. My phone's ringing. I recognize that ringtone. Yeah, sorry, George. We got a we got an important call. We got to take here. <laughs> Hello. This show is about to get faster and more intense, isn't it? <laughs> By the way, I've made it. I, I I'm so, so so sorry to scare everyone. I'm here. It's really too bad you don't have anything going on these days. Yeah, well, I it is. I, I was doing an experiment just to see how relaxed a human being can get and if that would be harmful to them. And uh, I've I have failed this experiment miserably. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, I, I don't know if it if anybody is watching any of our uh, uh, live videos from Regal Robot uh, at the studio that we do on on Facebook and stuff. You're seeing me age rapidly over the last couple of months. <laughs> it's just, I'm like Donovan at the end of Last Crusade. Hair, well, everything. Well, that that's always part of the fun at Celebration is to come to your booth every day and watch you get more and more tired each day. Also, <laughs> just <laughs> sunken and sallow, and just uh, like like is Tom okay? I, uh, you know, we should have scheduled our panel much earlier in the weekend. I I don't think he's going to make it to Sunday. <laughs> I am looking forward to that panel though with you guys. That's I'm so glad you could uh, you could join me for that. That's that's. This is going to be a lot of fun. Well, you know, we we thought about it. We were like, should we do this? Should we not? <laughs> it was tough. I really I recall having to just twist uh, your four very large arms just to just to try and get you to be a part of this. But um, thankfully, it worked. <laughs> no, in in all seriousness, it, it's it's an absolute dream come true and uh the fact that you invited us along to this is we we like saying thank you is not enough like it really means so much to us and we are so honored and excited and every word you can think of to be a part of this (laughs) well i it's going to be a lot of fun that's the main thing and i i you know wouldn't have uh wouldn't have asked you to be a part of it if i didn't uh if I didn't genuinely think it'd be uh, a blast, as they say. <laughs> uh, now, I, it, as soon as they, as soon as they, they okayed this panel to go forward, I was just like, Jason and Gabe, like, come on, let's do this. This is going to be fun. Let's get Kirk. You know. <laughs> but yeah, I'm so excited. I, I, you know, very, very happy that Kirk was uh, was willing to join us as well because he's just great. Uh, Kirk Thatcher, the uh, FX artist and uh, writer and producer and Muppet person and punk on the bus from Star Trek and, you know, just fountain of entertaining stories from the production of Return of the Jedi and the Creature Crew in particular. Uh, so glad that he's joining us. And I think, you know, the three of us peppering him with questions and prodding him to tell great stories is going to make for a really fun time for anybody in that audience. Yeah, we are so just beyond excited and People, they don't even know how great this is going to be. You know, it's Sunday, two to three in the Twin Sons room. Could we say, like, that people are going to see things that they have never, ever, ever seen before? Yeah, I mean, there's 
there's there's stuff that that we've got that are you know photos that haven't come through normal channels um, that that people will see lots of you know a, a real focus on the behind the scenes of all of this you you know anybody who's been to one of the cantina panels knows the effort we put into these things and i think uh, you know, the goal here is to make something that, that has a, a similar kind of impact. We're definitely going to be very Jabba's Palace heavy. Um, I don't, we probably won't be covering a lot of Ewoks in this one. I think that might have to be its own panel at some point, uh, because there's just so much good material on the, the U S crew, um, which is what Kirk was a part of, uh, and, and the, all the creature work they did. And I think, I think I think it's going to make for a great show. I, I'm just excited to share with folks. It's like everything else, you know. We we work for so long ahead of a show like this, and you just the whole time sit there going like, you know, can we share yet? Can I tell people yet what we've been doing? You know, like this week <laughs> has been our reveal week. By the time you're listening to this, it's reveal week. By the time I'm saying it, I feel like I'm going to get in trouble because it's not reveal week. <laughs> this is a few <laughs> days earlier, and. I don't want anybody to fire me, but, but yeah, the, you know, just this week, we're finally revealing what our exclusives are going to be at the booth. And, you know, these are things that we've been designing and dreaming up for many, many months and building for the last two months, you know, making them and doing production on them because we make a lot of the stuff in house. Then comes the whole part of, you know, schlepping them all across the country and out to a booth and uh, and getting them into people's hands and all the, the logistics that goes with all of that. Um, it's going to be a, a crazy week next week. But I'm so excited that we we have finally started sharing this stuff with folks. And it's been so amazing to the reaction at least on social media is everybody like just from Max Rebo alone, people were losing their minds. That's got to be, that's got to feel because you guys have been working so hard for so long in secret. And then Max Rebo comes out red ball jet and people are just freaking out. So, well, that's, they're my kind of people, you know, like that's, <laughs> it's the sort of thing that somebody asked today. Cause we, we did a live video from the studio where I answered a lot of questions and somebody asked, you know, how do you, how do you choose which characters to make? The simple answer is really, I mean, we tried to figure it out, but it was like, it's really, it's just like, what would get us going? Like, what would, if a company came out with it, would we go, oh crap, I got to buy that, you know? Um, and for us, it's all that cool behind the scenes stuff. It's all, you know, the, the fact that we've got this archive collection now where we're able to get our hands on the real props and make high resolution scans of them or pull molds or get access to original molds or original makers or whatever. And have this, this, this whole lineage thing that, that, uh, goes into what we do and makes these things more than just a sculpture of something more than just a replica of something, but really an authentic recreation. And that, that's, that's exactly the stuff I want to collect for myself. And, Maybe uh, if you want to say that I've got good taste, then, you know, hopefully our fans can benefit from it, too, and and be able to bring some of this cool stuff home. But, yeah, the, the reaction today, today was when we announced or, or revealed Max, and uh, that's the signature edition of Max that will be at the show. 
there will be just 83 pieces at our booth. People will be able to buy them at the show and walk away with them. Uh, but it has to be in person at the booth. This was a, a Luke's film thing. They wanted a really you know, substantial uh, um, exclusive for our booth. Um, luckily, because that is a signature edition, we do have the ability to do a numbered edition. So for folks that can't get to the show but still love Max Rebo's little tookus, uh, as Kristen so <laughs> eloquently put it on today's video on StarWars.com, if they can't resist his little red balls and 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 blueness, uh, they can uh, get the numbered edition, which goes on sale on our website June seventh. Uh, and like the the eighty three and signature edition, all of those will be hand painted. All of those will be made in the USA, cast by hand. Uh, you know, every every one of the little red balls from the red ball jet maquette gets painted by hand. Every Max is painted with multiple layers of paint, just just like the way Phil did it. And uh, they they just you know just in time for us to ship our stuff to the show. Finished the eighty three Maxes uh, to go out. It was just it's so cool seeing those start to build up. You know, it's it's like you get. A couple of them painted, and you got some paint masters, and you got some samples, and then all of a sudden the shelves just start to fill up, you know, as they get done. And it's like, this is really cool when you can see a lineup of, you know, 30 or 40 of these things as they're as they're getting painted. It's just it's so cool to see. It's it's something that, you know, you don't think you're ever gonna get to see the real one in the first place. You know, you you look at old videos of Phil holding holding them up and then taking scissors to the big Scott foam costume that he's got in the works and stuff like that, you know, or it's sitting in front of him in the, in one of the other documentaries, I think classic creatures or whatever. And, and you're just like, well, there that is, but now it's in front of me. Why is it in front of me? That's weird. Like it doesn't, your, your brain doesn't want to compute sometimes. <laughs> and then to be able to, you know, handle that, measure it and color match it and scan it and, you know, do all of this stuff to capture its details, to recreate it for people. Like I, I just, it's, this is my job, yeah. you know, like yeah. I'm, I do this for a living. Okay. <laughs> like that's pretty freaking cool. Well, now you get to stand in a room with 83 of them too, which is definitely something you never thought of either. No. And that's, that's where it gets weird because, you know, there's, the, there's a feel to these things when you make them, like if they feel right, you know, you get, there's, there's like a feeling you get being around a real prop. There's, there's, uh, and, and this is something a lot of original prop collectors will talk about. Um, because it's not just, it's not the same as, you know, when you pull out a replica or a statue or something like that, there's something about when you get around the real deal, there's there's a feeling to it, and it's it's hard to put your head, you know, you get your mind around it. Sometimes it's because there's a crudeness to the originals, or a, a, a way that they're painted, or um, you know, there's just something about it that doesn't feel like a toy, or doesn't feel like a statue or a replica. It just feels like a thing, a prop, an artifact, and. You know, I'm really proud to say I get that feeling around these maxes. Like I, when I pick this thing up, I'm like, I feel like I'm holding the real thing again. And you kind of, you know, it blows your mind a little bit. Um, and then when you start seeing multiples, then it's really weird. But in addition to Max, we've got a few others that we're going to show at the show, which I can't talk about yet. But if you come to booth 2518, you can see it. You know, same thing with those where you're just kind of going like these, these feel right. This is weird. You know, <laughs> like there's there's going to be a lot of cool stuff at the booth there's everything from the the first few maquettes in the archive collection the first life-size bust in the archive collection the first two 
replica props from the archive collection, um, as well as, um, you know, some one-to-one busts and other things that we've been making for a while that maybe people haven't seen in person. Um, and of course, all of our other merchandise and things, all the, the cool creations and skulls and magnets and all of that we've done. But there are now, having just, you know, finally revealed <laughs> our reveal week pieces, our three other exclusives have now all been revealed. So I can finally talk about those a little, uh, if, if anybody hasn't fallen asleep already. But <laughs> um, so the cool thing about the next three exclusives, these are all on the decor side. And because of that, uh, we are able to offer those at the show and online at the same time. They'll only be online the weekend of the show. So if you did wow. want to get them and you're not going to the show, you have a chance. They'll be on the website, but they're only available Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Technically, if someone's listening to this late on a Tuesday night, they, one of these might not even be released yet. But uh, I'm going to say it anyway because by the you know within a half a day, this thing will be out there. So forget it. Come and get me, <laughs> coppers. Uh, but so the uh, uh, I'll go with the magnets first. So our exclusive magnet set for the show. It's a two pack, and it is both versions of Walrus Man's cut off arms. Um, yeah. Yeah. Thank Beautiful. you. Thank you. Thank Did not. We just, you know, some of these things are easier to get through licensing than others. <laughs> um, but uh, so glad we could do this. You know, it's the the Wolfman hand, the 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 Rick Baker borrowed hand that they used for the insert shot with the uh, stripped down Dr. Evazan style gun. Uh, and then we also have the big old hoof hand that like big sucker hoof thing that, <laughs> that so many of the people in Mos Eisley had weirdly enough, but I, I love that. I love that. It's a nod to the cut scene. I love that. It's, you know, the more obscure and random element for, uh, for, for old walrus man. And so just really cool little two pack. They'll be uh, on special at the show for 39 bucks, I think. Uh, on the website, they're 49 But, you know, like I said, you can get it at the show, in person, at the booth, all weekend. We'll probably have about 50 a day. Uh, we made as many as we could before the show. <laughs> the other one, and this is this is our other sort of behind-the-scenes-y one, uh, is for, for 20 bucks at the show, or I think $24.99 on the website, same thing, only for that weekend. Uh, is the Blue Harvest wood art plaque. Uh, horror behind imagination. Uh, hard to get more hardcore than that. Yeah, uh, but the uh, I've always just, it's it's like a code word. You know what I mean? Like it's it's the way that you know that that someone's your kind of fan. If you walk <laughs> into someone's house and in their man cave or fan cave or living room or kitchen is a Blue Harvest sign, like... <laughs> you, you know, this is our kind of people, right? You know? So, um, they're really cool. They're, I want to say 12 or 14 inches wide. I, I don't recall the dimensions offhand, but they're, they're great. They're simple. They're 20 bucks. We, I'm pretty sure a lot of people at the show are just going to scoop them up and, and go with them. I, uh, and I think that's another one we'll have about 50 a day. And the last one. So, this was an idea that hit me a while ago. 
I've always wanted to see it done. I just thought it would be fun. It's a little sculpture. Like we, we call it a desk accessory. It's, it's a nice paperweight. It's probably about a pound, maybe about six, six and a half inches long uh, or wide, I should say. And uh, it is a slab that looks like a chunk of uh, Jabba's dais. And on it are uh, three Kowakian monkey lizards doing uh, see no evil, uh, speak no evil, hear no evil. I might have gotten those out of order, but um, I just the idea of the the, the three wise monkeys. I've, I've always loved that just as a statue. And I was, it was just a lot of fun. Um, certain, and, and when you just sit there and you go like three wise monkeys, three wise monkey lizards. All right. <laughs> that has to be a thing. And so, of course, we made it a thing. Makes perfect sense. Uh, all of this stuff people can see on our website. If they go to the news page on our site, there's a there's a post where we talk about all of the um, uh, I think it's called Star Wars Celebration updates or something like that. And and there you'll be able to see everything we've announced so far. There is still one more announcement a little later this week. Um, this I can't reveal because it's a it's I think we're still too far out, but it's something else we'll have at the show. It's a furniture piece. It's a new take on something we've done before. And I'm, I'm very excited because we took something that used to be kind of a, a real bespoke, custom, tough to make kind of thing. And now we have it as a real repeatable furniture piece that um, is a lot of fun. And, you know, it's the sort of chair you can shoot first in. You know what I mean? It's the kind of thing that you could have in your house and no one would ever know. But the the one, two people that like would know, even kind of like the Blue Harvest thing would be like, wait a minute. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they're it's it's really cool. The the price is gonna be great on them for for what it is, and you get this, you know. There's, it, it's got a very stripped down, you know, mid-century vibe to it. Um, I could totally see a row of these in a conversation nook somewhere, you know, or a little step down, uh, like a little conversation pit with a lot of shag carpeting. But like, it, it's the sort of thing that um, I just absolutely love. It's quality furniture. It looks great. It's, you know, it, it can blend in with a lot of different types of decor. And yet it's, you know, in in a weird way, almost a, a Star Wars prop replica too. And that I think is, uh, I think that's really cool when you can kind of check all those boxes. This is, it's all so exciting and literally I cannot wait to find the Regal Robot booth on the floor of Celebration. It's like your biggest booth ever, right? Uh, it is. Yeah. 50% bigger than the last show. So, uh, and and probably twice as much stuff we're trying to cram into it. So let's. I, I, I remember. What was it? Bat, was it Anaheim when I think we went to the the when we went to your the Cantina panel and a blue gave an eyes mind and inspired us to start pod to start blast points and you had was that when you had the the Dubac couch and the the action figure case or was that Orlando? That was okay. Orlando. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty seventeen Orlando, oh. I think crazy so yeah 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 it, i'm i i'm still touched that you guys remember that and that it made such an impression i think that's really cool man no, and absolutely. uh 
yeah, it's this time around. It'll be a pretty, it'll be a pretty great thing. No do back. So for this time, sorry to say, but we've got, <laughs> we've got plenty of other fun stuff for folks to look at and a couple things they can take photos with and, uh, plenty of places for them to, uh, to even maybe grab a seat and things like that too. So it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Booth 2518. Um, tell us if you come there because you heard about it on the show, tell us to make sure you let folks know. It's like, oh yeah, I heard about John Blast points or, you know, that kind of thing. Because I, our, our, we love knowing where, where folks find us. And, uh, I, I think it's also, you know, blast points is his own sort of code word, right? Like, you know, we need to know you're in the club. <laughs> Return of the Jedi from the desert fortress of Jabba the Hutt Jedi. to the Death Star of the Galactic Empire. To the forest city of the Ewoks. This is the climactic chapter in the Star Wars saga. Remember the Force. Rejoice in the triumph. Return of the Jedi. Rated PG. Now playing at a theater in your galaxy. So I, I saw you were gathering questions. This is intimidating. You're never at a loss for words, so I think we'll be okay. <laughs> this is, you guys only have me on so you can take a night off. Is that it? <laughs> just, oh, man. My throat's real scratchy today, Gabe. Oh, uh, let's just call Spina and wind him up. Okay. <laughs> Good idea, man. Years later, you figured it out. Right. We made you suffer through hats and beards and hair and feet. I should have figured it out with the feet. I mean, like it was right there. <laughs> so, yeah, we across social media, we asked everyone out there, submit some questions for us and Tom and Tom and us. And we, Tom, get ready because we got some good ones here. Okay. <laughs> Let's start out. One from Justin. This is from the Blast Points uh, Chill Group on the Facebook who is Lightman? Where is Lightman, and why is Lightman? Who? I I have the perfect answer to that. I believe you might hear more about Lightman at the Star Wars Celebration panel about Return of the Jedi creatures, <laughs> starring Jason Gabe, Tom Spina, and Kirk Thatcher, and uh, at Amy Geek, uh, Amy Ratcliffe, uh, on uh, on Sunday afternoon. Would that be at two thirty in the twin sons room? That that's exactly that one. Yes. But yes, yes, it is. I heard that's the panel everyone has gotta to go to. It's the place to be. <laughs> I'll have to look to see if we've got if we've got any slides of light man in there now. <laughs> Darn it. Not 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 that we've committed to it. <laughs> There's just a line of people with I love light man t shirts waiting to get in. Right, right. Like, oh boy, they're gonna be so disappointed. <laughs> Kirk, what do you know about light man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's visual effects, man. You know, like just, that wasn't my bag, dude. Yeah. <laughs> what, Kirk? You're here? <laughs> oh, that was you. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this next one is from Rick. Which thumb would a championship thumb wrestling given 
used to win a thumb wrestling championship? Follow-up question, is given thumb wrestling technically a tag team event? You just blew my mind, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say this. without with uh, I'm going to say the top thumb is what they thumb wrestle with, whichever that happens to be at the time. Whichever one's on top, whichever one's facing up, that's your that's your go-to. I love the idea of tag team, though. I love, like, like halfway through, he's just like, eh, 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 slap, and then flips his hand over and just goes to town with the other thumb. Why, why haven't we seen given thumb wrestling yet? So much, so much Star Wars. Let me tell you, man, I, I am – I would love – this, you know, you know me. Like, I'm just sitting here going, like, why doesn't the brain guy get his own series on Disney Plus? Like, I, I'm, I would love, uh, you know, for for some of these guys who were in those those uh, the shadows of that cantina or the shadows of Jabba's palace, ones that were just some of some of the coolest designs that either didn't show up on screen at all or barely did, to just get some some major roles. You know, I, I, it's great that we're seeing the the Sauron and that we're seeing Bith and and stuff like that on a regular basis now and that's really cool and the and the the what do they call them the Barada aliens the Klatuian I guess technically yeah. um you know super cool you know love it but like you know you've got all these great aliens that that and tons of variety you know where's where's your picklehead guy the the Plutonian from the bar you know give me give me a few of him hanging out somewhere Get me, you know, definitely like, let's figure out why the given looks so terrified all the time. Uh, you know, are there, is that just his face? Is he fine? Is he very tired? Like, I don't know. I want to know. Um, but yeah, I would just love to see some more of that. And then, you know, if it happens to be that, uh, he is in running some sort of underground thumb wrestling ring, then so, so be it. <laughs> That's why he looks terrified. Everyone's always coming up to thumb wrestle him. He's just trying. He's just trying to chill. Yeah, <laughs> my thumbs are so tired. Heavy, heavy is the head that wears the crown. You know, and he just goes <laughs> into it. <laughs> All right. This next one is from Brandon. Which Star Wars creature has the coolest tusks? Uh, okay. Well, do you guys have? I mean, I feel like I'm monopolizing the answers. What do you? What, what's What's your take on this one? Tusks have to come out of their mouth, right? Yeah, I would say so. Does Watto's tooth count? Oh, well, that would count. I mean, I immediately went to I immediately went to Walrus Man. That's you know, and and the real one. This is something that for years I never really knew what was going on in there. But like the the original mask is at the archives, and that his tusks are actually like translucent amber, almost with like spaghetti floating in them. Like weird. they're really weird. They're really super weird, and like. Once you see it, it's one of those like you see it, you can't unsee it kind of things, and it's it's real neat. I, I so I mean just just because uh, of the spaghetti alone, I think uh, for me his tusks went out. You know who has cool tusks too? Whippet. Ooh, yeah. Whippet might be talked about on Sunday, May 29th at the Creatures of Return of the Jedi panel. I, is that in the Twin Suns room at two to three p.m. <laughs> That sounds outstanding. I should. I would love to go see that. I'm going to put it on my calendar right now. <laughs> All right, here's a follow-up question from Brandon. Would you rather eat Golden Grahams or Cookie Crisp? I mean, I know, I know my answer, but I'll, I, I want to hear yours. Gabe. Uh, Golden Grahams. Jason? 
It depends on what day it is because I like cookie crisps because it's essentially little tiny cookies. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> so I, I enjoy like some cookie crisp as just like a little dessert snack, you know. Um, but golden grams are tastier. But you know, my opinion with golden grams, too much milk makes it too soggy. I like the crispness, crispness of a golden gram. Yeah. So I, I was going golden grams as well. However, if my mind is right on this, uh, cookie crisps, cookie crisp took a turn years back. I could be wrong. Uh, mm. same thing happened to the monster cereals where they went from oat based to, to corn based. And all of a sudden the texture changed and they got that very like collapsible packing peanut kind of texture versus, you know, a, a good solid oat crunch. Um, you know, monster cereals used to be like the, the bits and alphabets or lucky charms, but with awesome strawberry or chocolate or blueberry taste. Um, and, and I was slightly obsessed with them. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but now sadly they're not the same and I always try and get them cause I love them and I see the boxes and I can't, I, you know, can't resist. And then I try them and I'm like, Oh no, they're, I forgot they're, they're sad now. And they make me sad, but I feel like cookie crisp went through a similar thing. And if it was cookie crisp from like 30 years ago, I, that might beat golden grams for me, but otherwise golden grams is my answer. I can't even imagine like a soggy cr- cookie crisp. Cookie crisp was always like, you had to like plan for breakfast ahead of time and let it sit for a little bit. So, so you could even <laughs> chew it and crunch like, okay, I need to do this without destroying the roof of my mouth. What time is it? Okay. Yeah. Put the milk in. I'm going to go shower. You know, <laughs> I just, <sighs> I'll be back at lunchtime to eat that. Here's one from Frederick. What are you three going to wear at your panel? Please include footwear. Wow. Oh, boy. <laughs> Somebody paid way too much attention to the feet episode yeah. <laughs> uh, that I only just now realized I was tricked into. Okay. Um, I mean, I will I will almost certainly be in a Regal Robot t-shirt because I'm working a booth all weekend. <laughs> uh, I'm sure I'll be wearing jeans. I will be wearing the most comfortable pair of footwear imaginable, uh, whatever that happens to be at the time. Yeah, I think we're very similar. I think we'll both be wearing probably Blast Point shirts, jeans, and extremely comfortable footwear. Maybe even two pairs of socks <laughs> at that point. This is Sunday. <laughs> Maybe even two pairs of shoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the old Gary Busey helmet protector protector from Saturday Night Live, except he has just pre- progressively bigger shoes. <laughs> just... Sunday, May 29th from 2 to 3 p.m. in the Twin Suns room. People aren't going for the fashion. Not our fashion anyway. No. 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 Jabba's Palace fashion, maybe. Yes. We might be wearing red headbands. I don't know. That's true as a tribute to some of our favorite humans of Java's Palace. Yeah. I might wear a Jess wig. Who knows? We'll get crazy. Wow. <laughs> Here's one from Ben. I know Tom may not have been directly involved, but now that we have seen some behind the scenes of how they made Cad Bane in the book of Boba Fett, I'm almost more confused because it looks like it was basically all practical and not just a super fancy mask. I would love any insights from Tom on how that whole thing could work. So I wasn't involved in that. Uh, However, it is... um... There have been a few aliens kind of done this way. Doug Jones did, uh, I think, I think it was Doug was an alien on a, on a show fairly recently that had a similar thing. And um, 
Roland Blancafort's uh, uh, RBFX uh, does a lot of really cool, like, um, what do you call them? Uh, like kind of ready to go uh, foam latex prosthetic effects. And he's got a few that are like this. For the sake of the show, I, you know, and, and I, and forgive me for not knowing this, my, I would guess that it would have been Brian Sipes makeup team that worked on that uh, gamut productions. I think is his crew. They've done stuff for Marvel movies. They've done stuff for the star Wars stuff. Um, if it wasn't Brian, then it would have been legacy effects uh, and their makeup team. And I, my apologies for not knowing offhand to credit the right people. But uh, to me, it looked like a, a pretty substantial pair of dentures to, to fill out his mouth a bit. Um, and then a prosthetic that was mask-like from the cheekbones up and prosthetic-like from the cheekbones down. So basically the lower half of that face was foam latex or uh, silicone, probably foam latex, that was uh, applied around the actor's actual mouth with these oversized dentures so that he could fully emote and speak and do all of that stuff and have the mask do everything with it. I, I assume there was some brow motion and stuff like that. There were some great tests of uh, Green Goblin that were done mm-hmm. for uh, the Spider-Man movie. That was actually ADI, uh, Tom Woodruff and Alec Gillis' uh, amazing shop uh, that did those tests. And that was really cool. That footage is online. Look it up. It's really neat. It's same idea. Big globey eyes you know, mechanical brow and, and squint and stuff like that, but a human mouth incorporated into it for way more expression than you get even from like a pullover silicone mask. So, um, yeah, super cool. I thought it was, was very effective and absolutely like the perfect way to do that character. Wow. Fascinating. Here's one from Jackson. You guys got any development rad facts for Zuckus and four LOMs costumes and or info on the actors? I, you know, I, I believe it was Chris Parsons that was um, Zuckus, the Forlom, the droid. I'm still Kenner names all the way on those guys. <laughs> uh, but the, I, you know, I want to call him Forlom, the, the, the beigey buggier one. Uh, not much is known about that costume. The mask, I believe, turned up uh, in Toy Shop magazine in the 90s. Um, the original mask that was worn and that, um, is, is in a private collection at the moment. Uh, that said, there have been some copies of that floating around too. So it's, you know, you go back to the nineties and you're looking at a black and white picture, literally in like a newspaper type magazine. And you got to wonder like, is that just the casting of it at that point? Is that the real deal? Um, but I do know, you know, someone's got it and claims that's the real deal. If, if it is, that's really cool that it still exists. The the droid is uh, mostly in the archives. Um, we've actually gotten real up close with those original parts. We've done a lot of examination on it and things like that. Uh, as part of our whole archive collection, we've really made a point of anytime we see something at the archives to get as much information off of it as we can, whether that's photos or scanning or color matches or rip measurements or all of the above. Um, and certainly we think that one's a really cool costume. The, the, the neat thing is, though, uh, his shorts are actually at Steve Sansweet's uh, Rancho Obi-Wan collection. So while you can't necessarily see the rest of his costume easily, uh, if you do want to go visit Forlom Shorts, uh, go get yourself a tour of Rancho Obi-Wan. And you're donating to a good cause when you do that. So 
so there you go. That's that's there's my tidbit on on four lumps. You show up at Rancho Obi Wan. Just give me the four lumps shorts. Listen, <laughs> you know what I'm here for. Right. You know, out of the way, stand sweet. Just give me the shorts. That's right. <laughs> so, yes, uh, this is one for Jason and Gabe. You have guys ever consider? Ever think he'll do an episode on the Rogue Squadron books, video games, or comics? I think we talked about it before because, man, Tom, did you ever read Rogue Squadron, The Phantom Affair, the comic, the old, like, Mike Stackpole, Dark Horse comic? I did not. Oh, God, it was hot. Yeah? Some good wedge stuff. I, I don't think I've ever read those either, so maybe that would be a good one. It'd be an excuse for me to read it. The games were good. Oh, God, the games are amazing. I went wedge crazy for a couple of years where I was just obsessed with wedge. And I was like, give me all those Rogue Squadron books. I'm, I'm not surprised at all by that. Yeah. <laughs> Some, sometimes go wedge crazy. I was just the other day, I was just like, man, I just started thinking about wedge. And I was like, I'm going wedge crazy. Uh, like, oh, no, not again. <laughs> you're at the fancy restaurant looking at the menu and they have a wedge salad. And you, just, you don't know what to do. <laughs> Good shot, Jansen. What? Uh, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll, I'll have the Cobb salad instead. Uh, <laughs> we, we've got one from Mike. As you guys are all rock stars, would you ever consider yourselves Tom Spinal Tap? Pronounced Spinal Tap. I think that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> that, that probably says a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know that I could ever be that full of myself. I think if I ever, although it's it, <laughs> I don't know. So I feel like there's a line that happens like I feel like you know, I never want to take myself seriously, you know, and I'm like does does forming a group calling a Tom Spinal tap mean that we're taking <laughs> ourselves more seriously or less seriously? Cuz if it's less then okay. But if it's if it could possibly seem like more, then you know what? We better not risk it. <laughs> you could do a good Derek Smalls for Halloween, though. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I would enjoy that. I just saw something. I hope it's true that they were uh, that they were working on another one. Yeah, with Christopher Guest and everybody. Yeah, I'm I'm so I'm so there for that. <laughs> Here's one from Kevin. Would love to find out more about what Tom knows about Tessic. I mean, you know, maybe they're not of this earth, but they had to look like they were of some earth somewhere. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all I, I just, anytime I think of, of Squidhead, I just picture that person painting his eyes, uh, the close up of the hand and Mark Hamill, uh, Mark Hamill's voiceover, you know, I don't know a ton. I, I, it's one of those ones where I've gotten to see the maquette up close. I've gotten to, to see the real mask up close and it's, it's super cool. Um, I think the, I, the cool thing for me is the maquette has a really slimy, almost pearlescent quality to it. And it's, it's a little unique from the other maquettes that way. It's like, it's, it's kind of gross and like, it's cool you know, because of that. But, but, and if you would want to see what that maquette looks like, well, I would suggest maybe going to the twin sun stage on Sunday at star Wars celebration in Anaheim, uh, Sunday, May 29th, because I would bet there might be a picture or two of that cool, slimy, disgusting maquette. Is that from two to 3 PM? That's the one. Yes. Only at star Wars celebration. Yes. Correct. Yes. That's the one. I got to go to this. 
I think uh, we should we maybe we'd make a thing out of it. Maybe the three of us will go. Yeah, we should all go. We should invite Kirk Thatcher and Amy Ratcliffe. Bring everybody along. That just sounds fun. I mean, I would not miss that if I were if if if, if I were you know someone out there listening. That's all I'm saying. Here's one from Adam. What's the deal with goal? He just glues himself to the ceiling and uses his tongue to lick people. What a weirdo! I love him. So what's the deal with what's the deal with goal? I, I think he just kind of said it all right there. Like, I don't, I, there's, there's a few of those, you know, that are just placed, not so much interacting, you know, the, the, um, what was, I, gosh, I don't know if Hoover ever made it to set in the, um, but like the six eyed guy and such a, a weird thing. Like, is this a, it, it almost, it feels like something that should exist underwater to me. Like, it looks like it should be one of these things that's like attached to, you know, the seafloor or a chunk of coral somewhere. And, you know, someone slowly narrating with a British accent <laughs> and it waits sometimes for years for its meal to happen upon its tongue. <laughs> and, you know, so, yeah, I, I, you know, what's the deal with him? He's patient. That's his deal. He's waiting. Gabe, don't you feel like goal is something we didn't even see until like the widescreen versions came out? It's yeah, because there's there were so many creatures and things off to the side that you just didn't even think about for so long because you couldn't even see them. Yeah, it's uh, isn't that amazing? <laughs> you know, it's like the the um what's his name the 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 uh one of the imperial officers who's standing next to vader in the opening of a new hope when they're walking through the hallway and you know you think he's if you're watching the pan and scan he like he left he's not there anymore and then you watch the whole scene in widescreen it's like wait that guy's still standing there you know like <laughs> yeah i thought he had better things to do yeah no i, yeah, I thought he was gone vader was talking to him too you know like <laughs> oh Here's one from Danan. Any chance we get a Dr. Mandible maquette with a stethoscope around his neck, a bourbon on the rocks close by, a cigarette in one pincer, and a winning hand in the other? Oh, goodness. I, I, so I'll, I'll just say this. For now, we're focusing on concept maquettes. So characters that were developed that way and that, that what we're replicating is an artifact of the production and not necessarily just a maquette of a character. Unless there is a maquette that looks exactly like that of him <laughs> from the production that I just haven't seen yet. And then I'm a fool and we should be doing that right away. Here's one from Rick. Why aren't there more goatees in Star Wars? That's a very real question. I don't know. Did we, we did the beards episode, right? Like, or was that facial hair? Like, we, yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a dream. It was real. <laughs> is it because it started in the 70s and really beards were more fashionable than goatees? And if, if Star Wars had been around in like 63, you know, there just would have been beatniks in the cantina all loaded up with like goatees and cookie dusters and just snapping away, you know? I feel like we just summed up our facial hair in Star Wars episode for everyone out there. <laughs> Here's one from Tim. Tom, are there a couple creature designs you wish were part of Star Wars? That's a, that's a big, broad question. Ooh. 
So a non-Star Wars creature that I would love to see in Star Wars. Gosh, like I, I would love to see like a Metaluna mutant hanging out in the back of a cantina. Like, you know, it's sort of a, the, the, the brain guy has elements of him. The band guy has elements of that. I think that's a classic. I think that'd be real neat. You know, all the all the best creature designs when you get into, you know, alien from alien and, and stuff like that. Um, and a lot of the Star Trek creatures like, you know, they're they're done well because they're grounded in their own universes. It's so hard for me to pull someone out. We, we need to bring up the Dr. Pepper commercial. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> or. Um, oh, what was that? Uh, the music video. Oh, the Billy Ocean one? Yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Is there anybody in there that should be in Star Wars? Everyone in the Billy Ocean video should be in Star Wars. Right? Oh, my gosh. Um, Boy, you know, I wouldn't say no to like a Harryhausen Cyclops. Mm. Like, Mm. I, I, you know, I know that's like so super identifiable, but like something in that vein, I think, I don't think, I, I don't know. That that maybe it's just because he's a favorite of mine too. I just well, if Robert Rodriguez keeps making Star Wars, it's probably only a matter of time. So yeah, I mean the the forearm thing is is you know I certainly had a ton of Ymir in him, right? So it's like okay, you're, you're you're clearly pulling from that way. But it was neat the way he did the animatic for that. Like that was fun. Yeah, wasn't that insane? Yeah, that was that was like a ridiculous little thing, but it was smart. It was a really smart way to do that. Here's one from Marie Claire. Tell me a story of the dog strikes back. How did that come to happen? That's I'm sure we've been through it on some other episodes. I mean, the short version is that I'm the luckiest kid in the world. And uh, I was sitting around minding my own business at lunch. And I found a message on my uh, we got a message on the studio line that got emailed to me that was all garbled up and translated weird. Um, but essentially had said that Volkswagen went to Lucasfilm looking for Cantina aliens. And, uh, Steve Sansweet and Pablo Hidalgo said that they needed to call us because the archives didn't have them and that I had molds for some of that stuff. And, uh, so as for the, how it happened, I owe a great deal of thanks to my friends, Pablo and Steve. Uh, you know, from there, it was just, um, a, a good crew working very long hours for three weeks straight, making a whole bunch of new aliens, remaking uh, castings and things from some molds that we already had, and uh, and then eventually getting them in a crate as fast as we could and flying out to meet them in California uh, super, super early on a, on a set to, to shoot that great commercial. We did have – we had one full prep day before, which was one of the cooler days because it was a bit more relaxed. We got to do all our costume fittings and – I had the experience of you know walking on the cantina set for the first time in my life, which was, you know, took my breath away for starters. But the weirdest thing was, you know, when that set wrapped, we just joked. We're like, oh, we better save all this stuff for next time. Har, 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 har. You know, only to then have to recreate that scene, that set, that, uh, you know, uh, uh, for several commercials several videos online for a live event with Lucasfilm. I mean, it was just, we got to revisit that scene so often. And, and still every time, you know, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Brett Puckett uh, designed a great set for the uh, video we did with Billy D Williams. And 
that set really had the feel. It was very closed in and it was just like you went in that and you just felt like you walked onto, you know, L Street 1976. You know, it was just the coolest thing, man. Here's one from Eric. How do you think Luke killed Potsnickin? The poor guy is just driving his friends around and looked pretty harmless. Oh, I love Potsnickin. It's just <laughs> such a cool alien. Um, and his maquette is massive. I think he gets to spend some time with Billy D and the, uh, the creatures making of, you know, the classic creatures one. Uh, I feel like that one's always the one right in front of Billy D when he's talking. Um, I don't know. What, how do you think Luke did it? I mean, yeah, Luke did him. I mean, that's it. Like, you know, Pope, Pope went down. That's, you know, <laughs> do we see Pope take a fall into the, into the Sarlacc? I think, yeah, I think we do. Right. He's one of the first ones to go. Yeah. I mean, let's put it this way. You know, maybe just maybe Luke did the force kick on him. So he didn't really <laughs> get hurt that bad. <laughs> And, you know, now he's just in the Sarlacc suffering for that thousand years. Oh, nope, that got dark. He's big enough. Maybe he didn't fit in the hole. So maybe he crawled out. He crawled out and he got away. (laughs) That could be it. I did see, I loved someone pointed out, like, you know, the Sarlacc is sitting there with its tentacles, literally holding onto Boba Fett's ship, uh, you know, until a bomb dropped on it. And uh, and yet Lando was able to resist it, so therefore Lando <laughs> might be the strongest, you know, being in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder if there's something coming up in a couple of weeks where people could learn more about Potsnitkin. Yeah, or even the Sarlacc, and uh, maybe some fun stories about what it was like to be, you know, under the Sarlacc. Even, you know, where you might be able to hear stuff like that at the uh, Return of the Jedi creature panel uh, on Sunday at Star Wars Celebration. That's amazing. From two to three in the twin sons room. That's the one. Oh. Okay. Next question is from Paul Jabba's palace. The, I'm not going to pronounce this right. You the new variants, the, the two headed giraffe creatures, you know what I'm talking about. Talking oh about. yeah. 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 In your mind canon, are these two separate creatures or are they a two headed creature sharing the same body? I, used to always think of them as two creatures that said i feel like the maquette might show them both sort of originating at the same point i'd have to go back and look at like photos and notes and stuff but uh, so i'll say this my mind canon two creatures um that said if i if i do go look at that maquette and i see that they're merged at the bottom then then i'm changing my answer they're they're one being two heads I think that's another like widescreen only one. I I remember looking so hard to try and find them in the movie. <laughs> but again, like how cool would it be for a couple of them to show up in in one of these shows, you know? Oh. Like and and they don't have to be focused on, they could just be in the background but just they get a little more screen time, you know. <laughs> just peeking their head out of a window or something. <laughs> what did you say? where did he go (laughs) that's absolutely how they talk (laughs) oh okay we're getting to the end here thomas is on instagram asked which of the skywalkers had the best hair 
boy, for a second, I thought you were just, you know, somebody had just called me Thomas. And I got that like, you know, <laughs> oh. mom, chill up your spine kind of thing. It was like, Thomas, what? Oh, what? Oh, no. All right. Which Skywalker has the best hair? Oh, that's I mean, that's a really, really easy question. But you guys go ahead. Uh, Luke Return of the Jedi, the peanut haircut. It's like a little peanut just stuck right on the top of his head. <laughs> I, I'm going original Return of the Jedi, uh, how uh, Sebastian Shaw styled his eyebrows. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, it's Princess Leia. I mean, there's no, there, there's no beating that. That's, you know, just film to film, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, the Cinnabon look whether it's the, um, uh, the Bespin look, the, even the Ewok village look. I mean, like she, she had a hairstyle for every location she was ever going to be at. Gabe Skywalker hair. Uh, Luke in the Bacta tank hair. <laughs> it's got the most body it, it, it's ever has. It's and, and if, uh, if you do the, uh, if you, if you double expose it, you can get him in that like poltergeist ghost kind of thing, you know, get the effect <laughs> on it's like the cloud tank at ILM, you know, here's one from Justin. Who is your favorite monkey of the monkeys? I, I, Peter Tork for me. Who's the littlest one? Davy Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Davy Jones is my favorite. I I'm Mike Nesmith all the way. I Mike's Mike's pretty great. I, I love that show, by the way. I don't know about you guys. That's, uh, you know, so kudos to whoever pulled that one out of their backside. Cause that's a, <laughs> that's a, a really fun show. It was, uh, yeah, super, super cool. Uh, the, my favorite episode, the Frodus caper with wizard glick with the, the TVs that hypnotize everyone. That is one of the most brilliant pieces of television ever made in my opinion. Niles, oh no, that's the TV got you too. What TV? Man, I'm always like this. So yeah, we don't want to be left out on the Q&A, so we're going to ask you some questions, Tom. So first one, this is, a, this is a very important one, so get ready. Sammy Hagar, overrated or underrated? So my gut says underrated, but only because he gets so much crap. <laughs> um, and, and I think... What what I would say is, you know, maybe not so much individually, but, you know, as a part of a, a group, you know, over the course of the years and all the different groups, I think, you know, uh, maybe a little bit actually underrated. His work with Van Halen, is it, is it you know, is it 1984? Is it, is it the Diamond Dave stuff? Is it the first album? No. But is it good? Yes. And it's got its own energy. It's got its own heart. And it's, um, you know, some of Eddie's best writing was done there, you know, or maybe they're not people's favorite songs, but the writing that, you know, Eddie managed to do at, with Sammy as part of the band, which is certainly, you know, the, the, who's going to be singing on this stuff is totally a factor in how you write those songs. Um, you know, the stuff Eddie was doing in those years is just really off the charts. Cool. And, and there's, uh, I think some of that, you know, maybe the the songs from that era are probably underrated by certain fans. Um, and I and look, I get some fans are just, you know, would never be able to consider it. It's just, you know, no, I grew up on Dave and that's it. Um, I, I was lucky enough to, you know, have gotten the tail end of the Dave years and 
you know, been at the right age and playing guitar and, and, you know, really loving what Eddie was doing, even as he got into the Sammy stuff. And honestly, the fact that they had a, a great live video with Sammy, you know, is a huge factor in how I play my guitar and stuff was just, you know, watching live without a net and pausing it and figuring out what the frig Eddie was doing. You know? Um, so maybe just through that, I, I, you know, had enough of a connection there where I managed to make the transition with him. And I, I went and saw them a whole bunch of times together and I've seen them with Dave too, but, um, you know, some of those, some of the best shows I've ever seen had Sammy. So, uh, so yeah, there you go. You know where people can learn more about Sammy Hagar in the twin. No, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. No, oh, we're not, that's a different convention. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Next question. Favorite sandwich. Uh, they would, they would kill me at work if I didn't say turkey sandwich, uh, because they, they genuinely make fun of just how often I eat turkey sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your favorite because of the flavor or just the convenience of it? Like, is that the easiest sandwich to make? No, I, it's, it's a flavor thing. Um, but I'm a pretty, I'm like pretty simple. I'm very predictable when it comes to food. I have a pretty limited palate. Um, but, oh, well, I'll tell you this. You know, I do, uh, you know, if, if I don't want to go with like a deli sandwich, uh, a good pulled pork sandwich is, is tough to beat. I'm going to go one more Ronto wrap, which, you know, you guys haven't been to, uh, galaxy's edge yet, but when you get there, you have got to go to Ronto roasters. You've got to get a Ronto wrap. You know what? We're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. They're so good. And if it's in the California one, they've got the Melurin juice which for some reason they don't have in the Florida park, but I love it. It's like this really good fruit punchy, you know, sweet thing. Um, and it goes great with a Ronto wrap. Super refreshing. I recommend it highly to everyone. Give me all of it. If we ask him for the, the Tom Spina special, are they going to know what we're talking about? They just, it's like Malorin juice, no ice. Here's a Ronto wrap. And there you go. You know? <laughs> Tell him, stop sending people. God, you know, <laughs> What Star Wars character didn't wear pants but should have worn pants? <laughs> oh, wicked. <laughs> Filthy animal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wicked with pants, yeah. Like just... high trousers, too. Like his, his, his hood would overlap the trousers and he'd tuck it in like an old guy with a tie. <laughs> All right. Last one. What's your favorite moment from Spinal Tap? The the movie not actually getting one. Right. Yeah, no, thanks. Uh it's it's the it's the Stonehenge prop. Like it's just having made my share of foam props, you know, and knowing how it is working on a budget sometimes. Like... I'm curious, Gabe, what is your favorite moment from Spinal Tap? Oh man. Um I'm a sucker for him getting stuck in the pod and in the, in the moment he gets out in the song, in the song stops. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very quick one, but when they're going over their history of drummers and they really just quickly cut to, I think their current drummer and he stands up on the drum stand and immediately falls over. And it's one of the most brilliant pieces of editing ever in cinema. It's so fast. And when I saw that movie, when I was in about junior high, I thought I was going to die. I was laughing so hard, being so hard. <laughs> so that's still my favorite. That is a good moment. I love it. it. just went up. It just was like a flash of green light. And that was it. 
nothing was left. It was face. Well, there was. It's that, true. This, it was this truly did happen. There was a little green globule on his drum seat. Like a stain, really. It was, it was a more of a stain than a globule, yeah. actually. And you know, was... several, you know, dozens of people spontaneously combust each year. It's just not really widely reported. Right. Yeah. We went through all those questions, Tom. That was a ton of fun. I know how exhausted I'm sure you are, and I don't know. I hope, I hope we, you had some fun here with us uh, answering some of the most ridiculous questions ever asked on the planet Earth. Your fans are demented, and I, I love and appreciate it. <laughs> we should do another one. Look, if you're if you're listening and you enjoyed this at all, like you know, send in a question. Either write them or put it in the chill group or tweet at them or whatever it is, and we'll save them up. Like we should do another another audience Q and A. We'll we'll like blast points mailbag kind of episode someday because this is it is fun, and I I, I love. I love knowing what people are curious about. It says a lot about them. Not good stuff necessarily, but <laughs> it definitely tells you a lot about these people. It says something about them, yeah. Yeah. Too accurate for sand people. Only Imperial stormtroopers are so precise. So everybody out there, you know the deal. Apple Podcast Reviews. Go ahead, leave us a nice little review when you get done listening to this. It helps the show. It helps more people find Blast Points, help us move up those weird Apple charts. And you can leave us a star review on Spotify, which we've got a bunch. But, hey, you can always have more, right? And check out our website, BlastPointsPodcast.com. And make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and if you're on Facebook make sure you're a member of the Super Chill Group if you want to support the show in a different way we got the Blast Points Army on Patreon where very very soon like next week we are going to be posting first access to our daily updates from Celebration our live from the hotel recordings where like we said last week you can hear me and Gabe's voices deteriorate in real time so that's go. That's starting next week, and and yeah, this is our last quote normal episode 
everything you're going to be hearing coming up is going to be either live from Anaheim or live from the hotel room next week. There's not going to be an episode on Tuesday next week. It's going to come after Kenobi comes out. We're going to do a extremely exhausted reaction episode to Kenobi, which should be something. Yeah, maybe, what, four in the morning or something. I don't even know what time it'll be. And <laughs> totally different time zone. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun figuring that out. Yeah, and, and don't forget, too, we have our new blue T-shirts, a new blue logo T-shirts. And when this episode comes out on Tuesday, it's pretty much your last chance to get one for celebration. So check out the link on the website. But, Tom, one last time for everybody out there. Booth 2518, Star Wars Celebration. Come see us. We'll have some great exclusives, uh, you know, from from the Max Rebo maquette all the way on down to the Blue Harvest sign and and the chopped-off walrus arms and the wise monkey lizards. Uh, It's a little bit of something for everybody. It's it's the the stealth geek stuff you didn't know you need. Uh, And and, uh, if you are someone that watches the show, please, uh, or listens to the show, rather, uh, please tell us that they haven't been watching us yeah. this whole time. If, if somebody watches the show, I want to know what it looks like. Oh gosh. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, but tell us, uh, you know, come, come to the booth, say hi, tell us that, you know, you heard us, uh, you heard me on the show and that, uh, that that's why you're there. Uh, we, we would love to, we'd love to meet you. And, um, and if you're any of the weirdos that submitted those, uh, ridiculous questions today, uh, then, uh, yeah, don't identify yourself. It'll be better that way. Uh, but no, I, I'd love to see you all. And, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, it, uh, they can follow at Tom Spina designs or at Regal robot on all of the major socials and, um, you know, find us on YouTube and, and subscribe. That's a, that's a thing on Regal. We've been putting up these live videos from the studio. If you want to hear me yammer on about all the cool stuff we have in the works, go on YouTube. You can see the, uh, the, we put them up, uh, right after they're done. We put them onto YouTube so that folks can see them and leave us comments and like and subscribe and do all that fun stuff. So uh, look us up. Please say hi. And uh, I, I really genuinely hope to see a whole lot of you at the show. It's so exciting. I cannot wait. And and and, and there's something going on on Sunday. Maybe you've heard about it in the Twin Suns room. 2 to 3 p.m., right? Man, we, we're going to have to go see that. I, I know we, we said it before and we can't say enough. Thank you so much, Tom. We are you know, thank you so much for coming on the show as many times as you have. And seriously, thank you so much for asking us to be a part of this. We, we, we can, it's, it means so much to us. We cannot thank you enough. We would have been excited enough to talk to you about anything. And the fact that it's you and Return of the Jedi is just doesn't get much better than that. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so proud that uh, you guys are going to be a part of it with me and very happy and excited. And, um, yeah, I, I can't wait. Honestly, I'm just looking forward to, to seeing you guys again at the show and hanging out and, and you know, uh, being able to talk without people recording us for once. That'll be a new experience. But uh, whatever, I guess that's what people do. <laughs> oh. Cannot wait. So see you in Anaheim, Tom. And yet yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening so much. And we'll see you from Anaheim. Bye bye. Bye. May the force be with you. Goodbye, old friend. May the force be with you.
You can uh, listen. How much is L this? Just listen for a minute. I'm the not... sustain, listen to it. I'm not hearing anything. You would, though, if it were playing, because yeah. it really, it's famous for its sustain. I mean, you can yeah. just hold it. Well, I mean, so you'd have to pull. Ah, you can go, go and have a bite. No, you'll still yeah. be hearing that one. Yeah. Can you hold it to say? Sure. Mean a force be with all of you.